Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Hello, Sia. How we doing? Uh, very excited about the AT&T Byron Nelson. Very excited about the PGA Championship coming up. We still got a few majors in this season. Um, this is exciting times. Oh, by the way, I'm also excited because... I hit Wyndham Clark at 75 to one. So that, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. If you, if you watch the early wedge, you know that, or if you remember sports line, you know that uh, that was one of my picks. So coming off some heat right here, Rick. That'll certainly help the old 75 to one always helps the bank account. We'll see if we can find something for this week. We have a lot to talk about with AT&T Byron Nelson, the golf course, which is TPC Craig Ranch. But first, I will remind everyone that the fan link for the one and done selection is in the description below so you can get your vote. In Kyle M is building momentum on all of us. So hopefully we can figure out a good selection for this week that is open. And our Tuesday uh, mega preview pod will be at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So your votes need to be in before then so that we can tally. All right. Uh, see ya this week. Uh, it is always a little bit distracting the week before a major championship where everyone wants to look ahead and everyone wants to call it a tune up and everybody wants to say whatever they will about this event. But a lot of guys in the field, uh, there's going to be DraftKings contest for it. There's going to be wagers to mm -hmm. be made. So we've got to keep our focus here for a bit longer. Yeah. And, you know, it might be a tune up for a very few select in the field. But I mean, this is this is all systems go for most of the players in this field. And I think there's a lot of guys at the top that we're going to have to consider in terms of like, all right, which one of these guys do we want to play or which one of these two guys do we want to play? But there's guys in that 8K, 7K range that I think are super sneaky that are not necessarily the household names, even in the non-designated events. Uh, and, and what I'm really saying is there's players I like this week that I don't normally talk about. So I'm just really curious, Rick, to hear your opinion on some of these players. But I, I like these events. These, these tend to be the more fruitful ones for me from a DFS standpoint for whatever reason. So I'm ready to attack it. Well, before we talk about golfers, let's talk about the course. Troy, if you could share my screen, that'd be splendid. Thank you very much. My website, rickrungood.com. This is the course key stats model. Worth noting, Sia, that while this event has been around forever, we've only played it at TPC Craig Ranch twice, 2021, 2022. We have uh, the same champion in both of those editions, KH 
Lee getting the job done in back-to-back years. So we'll talk through the data. Uh, we'll talk through the types of golfers that we think are going to have success, but this is certainly not a golf course that we have a bunch of historic data to go off of. It's just those two years. Just those two years. And, and I like what I'm seeing with your model because the first thing I mean, granted, yeah, the first thing I see like written out in the correlated stats is approaches from inside 100. But really, it's just approach in general, right? I think, again, we don't have a lot of history here, just 2021 and 2022 at TPC Craig Ranch. By the way, just kind of silly that KH Lee of all people is like the back to back winner here. I mean, it just, it, it just, it, that's golf in a nutshell. But um, I'm really looking for approach on Rick Run Good. Of course, Rick, uh, I'm looking at weighted approach, which is something I like to do. I'm looking more globally at weighted T to green, which is something I like to do. But this week, more than most, I'm really dialed in on approach, not so much off the tee. Now, listen, I think being great off the tee and having some distance, it's definitely going to help here. But the one thing I've noticed with the leaderboards over the last two years, there are a lot of guys that were in that top 10, top 15 that just aren't really good off the tee in general, not necessarily in that tournament. So I, I'm really not focused too much on that around the green game, not super focused on that either. So putting a little bit, weighted approach, approach quite a bit. Yeah, so the way that the numbers bear out uh, in the model is that approach is ranked very highly from a value standpoint, which it always is, you know, uh, a, a big value on strokes gain approach because it's generally one of the more correlated stats of success, but also in terms of rank, meaning that it ranks second, there's only one other course on the PGA Tour schedule in which strokes gain approach is more prevalent. And then putting is the other big one, which is seventh, which means there's only six other courses on the PGA Tour schedule in which strokes gain putting is more correlated to success. And I think that makes sense, Sia, because when you play on golf courses with large greens and you play on go a golf course like TPC Craig Ranch, which I have heard and I've described myself as kind of like track man golf, which is you just fly it to a number. You don't necessarily have to worry about uh, where you're going to land it, how it's going to spin back. You're not playing the ball on the ground as much as you are on like these firm, fast golf courses. So you're playing a lot of track man golf. So this makes sense. Approach play and putting. Hit it to the right quadrant. Give yourself a good look and then make as many of those as possible because this has historically been a very easy golf course and one you can make a lot of birdies on. Yeah, we see that with the winner and the people who were trailing the winner. Obviously, that's KH Lee, but guys like Jordan Spieth, people in the top five, they are in the low to mid-20s in terms of what the score is going to be. So you're right, Rick. I mean, I think it's all about creating opportunities for yourself and then draining some of these putts. And again, that what, what does that mean? Well, it means you have to be kind of a hot putter or at least have some semblance of a history where you found a hot putter. But more important, creating those opportunities. When, how are you going to do that? It's likely with that second shot. Uh, the one other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that this golf course has uh, been destroyed so badly through the first two years that they've actually turned it from a par 72 to a par 71. Number 12 used to play as a 547-yard par 5. It will now play as a 493-yard par 4. So I don't expect see, uh, the scoring to be as deep under par. But as we know... Par is just a social construct. It'll still take the same number of uh, strokes, essentially, to get the job done. Yeah, and it's just it's just that one little modification. I mean, I, I think if it does get windy, which I'm not sure it will, but I mean, that's certainly a potential defense for this course. But otherwise, we're going to see some low numbers, some birdie streaks. I mean, another thing maybe to look at is is DraftKings scoring. Maybe, maybe, DraftKings scoring. Maybe you want to put an additional filter on, on that with respect to easier courses and that kind of thing. But... Um, you know, this is going to be every single day. We're going to see a lot of score. 
Okay, well, we've got uh, a top-heavy field and one that I cannot wait to talk about, so we'll dive into that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Here's the cheat sheet. Three golfers over $10,000 with Scotty Scheffler bearing down on $12,000. He's 11900 Jordan Spieth, 10-6. Terrell Hatton, 10100 So a couple of Texans and an Englishman. Sia, what do you want to do here? This is so tough because if you want Scotty Scheffler in your lineup, just so you know, it leaves you with $7,620. Uh, so what does that mean? It means you're already kind of dipping in the low 7K range just to get that that average for the rest of your golfers uh, back up a little bit. So listen, he's he's got the most win equity. It's just not even a question. I mean, he is an absolute monster. He's had the week off. Uh, he's coming here, uh, a, a quote, lesser event, if you will, um, to win, obviously. Uh, has the Texas ties as well. I just, I just have a problem building with him. Like if you want, like you can't, I don't think you can really build with Scotty and like a nine K guy. If you want to build with, let's say Scotty and Tom Kim, who's, I believe 9,600 that leaves you with 7,100. I mean, just again, you can dip into the six K range, but it is hard to build with Scotty. I'm not saying of the, let's say I build five or six lines. I'm not saying that Scotty's not going to be in any of them. I just, 
it, it, it's hard. I, Rick, I kind of want to get your opinion here because I think that this is the sort of the elephant in the room. Are you playing Scotty Scheffler or not? not? Not to say that Spieth and Hatton don't deserve a discussion, but at 11900 it's not too expensive for Scotty. My question is, is it too expensive for you to include in your builds? There is uh, no sure thing in golf, but Scotty Scheffler is the closest thing to that right now. Yes. 13 straight, 13 straight top 15s. That is insane. Think about that. Think about not one bad week during that stretch. It's unbelievable. The way he's doing it is super sustainable. It's the T to green play and whether he puts well or not, it's the same stuff we've been saying for the last 13 weeks and beyond. So I certainly think he is worth trying to kind of force feed into some of these lineups. Now, if you have to go down, I I mean, we're going to get there, but I do think there are some some viable options in the lower half of the $7,000 range. I think there's okay options. Maybe as you get into the $6,000 range, I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I cannot imagine uh, another scenario where like Scotty Scheffler is just by far the best player in the field, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not Scotty and Rom. It's not Scotty and Rory. It's like Scotty's here by himself and he's been an absolute destroyer of, of, of worlds. So part of the reason I liked Wyndham Clark last week is because I looked at the top of the board in this designated event, which was, of course, last week at the Wells Fargo. And I'm like, well, you know, you got Rory at the top and, you know, guys like Patrick Cantley, but they are not Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. So even though almost since since Live happened and again, you've chronicled this really well, Rick, and I think we, we have as a show as well. You see so many favorites winning, so many short odds winning. And last week lent itself to maybe taking some of these guys down the board. This week, though, it's just hard. And I know I'm talking about betting in that context, but but in DFS, too, it's hard to not take Scotty Scheffler for, Rick, all the reasons you set out. So this is just one of those things. I, I think one thing you have to know, if you're building with Scotty Scheffler, it's very likely that those builds will include, Rick, some of those guys you just referenced, which we'll talk about, in that low 7K range. So if you're going to take Scotty, maybe just kind of consider that. Uh, ownership's probably going to be you know, pretty high for him. Maybe just try to figure out a way to differentiate your builds. Um, I do think that low 7K range, to your point, Rick, has some guys that will be popular. High 7K range as well. Yeah, I mean, Scotty is going to be the anchor of your lineups. You're going to need him to play well. You're going to need him to probably finish inside the top five and to also not have Jordan Spieth or Terrell Hatton win the golf tournament. Like, that's the mm-hmm. path to getting your kind of money back, your value back on Scotty Scheffler. Here's Jordan Spieth, Sia, a very, very ugly miscut at Quail Hollow last week, which I'm generally willing to forgive him for. You know, I was looking through his shot by shot stuff, and to me, it looked like he lost a ton of strokes on like four swings and he had a bunch of holes where he was a small gainer, which is generally the type of um, ugliness I would prefer. Don't get me wrong. It was very ugly lost across the board and lost five, 5.75 5.75 from T to green. But I think that based on the run of golf that, that Spieth had prior to this, I'm willing to give the second best player in the field, the guy who loves playing in Texas, the guy who's crushed in Texas, the guy who's been great for the last two months, another crack. Oh, 100% agree. It seems like a great course fit. We know he can be completely dialed in on approach. That off the tee can kind of be sketchy here and there. Uh, It's just this is what we're looking for, right? We're looking for guys who are dialed in on approach and who can get hot with the putter. That is Jordan Spieth. So is there a scenario where Jordan Spieth can win it and Scotty Scheffler can be T11? Absolutely. So it makes it makes 
complete sense to have Jordan Spieth. I'm curious if any of these guys get squeezed, particularly Terrell Hatton, because look at his metrics. Oh, my gosh. He's, you know, I missed the boat on him last week. I, I wasn't on him really in any way uh, for DFS purposes. But at 10,100, I mean, he seems like he, he could be a pretty good play as well. I think all three of these guys uh, are good plays, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do. I do find it interesting on what the industry is going to do on Terrell, right? So you've got obviously the big two in Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. Hatton had the great metrics and the great finish from last week, but he's never played. Uh, he's never played this event, let alone this golf course. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that that is leaving something that, uh, you know, some some uh, managers will say, OK, well, that's an unknown. Maybe I'll just pay up for for Jordan Spieth. I, I think it is worth noting, though. Look at the run of golf Terrell's had, you know, the 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 finishes in some of these elevated events like T6 in Phoenix. T4 at Bay Hill, runner-up at the players. Uh, mm. T3 at the Wells Fargo Championship. I mean, these are just absolutely stacked fields where he gets himself to the top of the leaderboard, and now he gets a little bit of a reprieve, gets to play in a little bit of a, a weaker field, but one that should still benefit his uh, his skill sets. I, I think it is very interesting, and one of the most interesting questions uh, that we're going to have to answer this week is like, what, what will everyone do with Terrell? Yeah, and I think he's the one that will be like the lesser ownership of these three. With all of that said, he also, even with ownership in mind, I think I have to rank him third out of these three. I, I think he's gotten sort of to a level where I don't think he necessarily, I know it, it's kind of shocking to say this given what you just set out, especially at the designated events, but I think I got to rate this Scheffler, Spieth, and Hatton. And I might be from a just playing standpoint, I might be more inclined to play Spieth uh, more than either of the other two. Okay. Uh, breaking news. So 49 seconds ago, Jordan Spieth just withdrew from the AT&T Byron Nelson. Uh, he is citing, uh, here's the statement over the week, over the weekend, I had severe pain in my left wrist and had doctors confirm an injury that require requires rest and limited movement. The AT&T Byron Nelson means the absolute world to me. And I'm disappointed to miss it this week, playing in front of family and friends in Dallas is one of the, one of the highlights of my year and the tournament staff and volunteers are seconds. And I look forward to being back next year and many years after I'm focused on healing as quickly as possible. And we'll have to evaluate my recovery week to week. Sincere thanks to medical professionals who have supported me over the weekend, Jordan Spieth. Wow. So Whoa. Uh, we are obviously learning about this right now live on the show. That is not good and mm-hmm. obviously would put his chances of playing in next week's PGA Championship up in the air. I, I would make it close to 0%. And I, all I'm doing is trying to dissect the words. When you actually take the time to use the word severe – in yeah. front of pain. To me, that means that that this rest and limited movement he's referring to is probably a multi-week thing. Well, he says week to week, which is never a good sign. You you want to hear day to day when yeah. we're only, you know, seven days out from PGA championship week. Remember, for as much as much uh, run as Rory McElroy at the Masters gets to complete the career Grand Slam. Jordan Spieth is a PGA Championship away from yeah. completing the career Grand Slam. So this is uh, very disappointing, very, um, very sad to see. Hoping a, a quick recovery, but that that does not read great. No, it doesn't. That's a, it's kind of shocking to me. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously it's shocking, but of all the players to, to have this injury, especially with on the doorstep of the, the PGA championship, this is, uh, it's not good news. I mean, this is one of those things where, where I'm speculating, but this could be like a two month thing. I mean, maybe it requires surgery later. Like this is not something you want to have. It certainly explains, uh, the miscut last week, but 
um, that's that's not a good situation. He's also been uh, generally quite healthy in his career, yeah. so to see to see that is is uh, is shocking. Okay, so that that is going to create some ripple effects. So now it yes. is only Scotty Scheffler and Terrell Hatton at the top of the board. I imagine there is going to be a, a, a heavily owned Scotty Scheffler. I will check to see if his odds uh, have already moved. But this is mm. this is a, seemingly going to turn into the Scotty Show here, Sia. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good point about the odds. If you're watching us live, you, you might want to go to your, your yeah. odds board because there are books that are still hanging Jordan Spieth right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you might want to, you might want to like, listen, obviously there's, there's a tremendous value on, especially everybody below Jordan Spieth with, with uh, the odds makers, you know, still having him on the board. So that's something to consider. Um, yeah, as far as from a DFS standpoint, Rick, a lot of that is going to your point, pour up to Scotty Scheffler. I think a little bit of it, a little bit of it will trickle down to Terrell Hatton, but I think this makes Scotty Scheffler just tremendously owned and and frankly for good reason. Mm. Okay. Sorry, just kind of resetting here and making sure we've got every everything in order. Jordan Spieth out of the ATT Byron Nelson. Okay. Um, the 9K range. Sia is Hideki Matsuyama, Tom Kim, Jason Day, twice defending champion KH Lee. And then the bottom of the 9K range is Adam Scott, Siwoo Kim, Matt Kuchar. Yeah, this this is a really tough range for me. There's nobody I'm in love with. I mean, the thing about let me start with Jason Day, because I really liked him last week. And as we know, he I think he doubled 17 to miss the cut by one on Friday. You know, the thing about him is I was even though I loved him last week, he was a little sketchy off the tee as of late. Maybe that doesn't hurt him quite as much here uh, at at Craig Ranch, but I'm not sure. And then I heard the vertigo stuff, Rick, with with Jason Day. I I don't even know if that's an actual thing. I just I just heard that coming back with Jason Day um, the last few days. Did you hear that as well? Am I completely making that? Uh, I did not hear that. Okay. Maybe I'm making it up. I, I thought somebody on the telecast uh, that I was watching, maybe it was, I can't remember if it was Sirius, uh, Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio or if it was the actual telecast, but I thought somebody referenced Vertigo and I, I could be completely wrong about that. But in the 9K range, he's certainly somebody I'm considering. I mean, if I liked him a lot last week, I mean, I probably, it would be kind of silly for me to just all of a sudden not like him. The other guy I'm considering here, there's two that I'm considering. Adam Scott at 9,200. I'm just not sure what to make of the approach game because it can be, as we're about to pull up here, it can be a little uh, a little sketchy here. Obviously, he gained a ton on approach at the Wells Fargo, but prior to that, he, he had been pretty bad. But I like what we're seeing with the putter and at least his ability to uh, to pop on approach. Yeah, I generally um, I, I find a stat profile like this hard to kind of figure out, right? So he loses seven strokes on approach to the players, gains three at the match play, loses five, loses three. And then last week in route to that T5 at the Wells Fargo Championship, he gains 4.6 strokes on approach. And I look at that and say, man, like it's, it's, I don't, I feel like I'm buying an all time high, right? His best approach week since the Memorial in 2020. So going on basically 11 months at this point, it's hard to think he's going to be able to gain four or five strokes on approach again, just because he hasn't done it enough, but we've seen crazier things happen. So it, it's, it's tough for me. I probably skew you more bearish on Adam Scott uh, mm-hmm. than bullish compared to compared to some of the other stat profiles that we've seen. But 
I, I, I find him to be a very difficult guy to figure out. Yeah. And Tom Kim is the other one where when we look at his metrics, by the way, 17th year last year, which is pretty solid. When we look at his metrics, it is starting to bounce back. We are starting to see the Tom Kim we saw last summer, other than the putter. It, I mean, the ball striking has been great, particularly the last three tournaments, five out of the last six. Uh, really good ball striking, actually, and pretty pretty great on approach, at least you know a few of those times. The putter has been just very kind of average to bad, certainly bad over the last two tournaments. But again, we know he can get hot with the putter. I mean, it's not like it's been a, that long ago where Tom Kim uh, wasn't drilling it with the putter. It was really mostly like last summer into fall. But I think Tom Kim is interesting. I, I think he's a decent enough course fit. Um, and we know he can get hot. I just think he's an interesting player now. Yeah, the putter's one thing, but I do I do agree with you that like you, the the thing that we loved about him in the fall last summer in the fall was he was gaining you know a stroke per round on approach. He was one of the the most elite uh, uh, iron and wedge guys in the world. And then he kind of he, he didn't struggle. It just wasn't that good from the start of the year basically up until the match play. And now he's starting to get back on track. So yeah, I I agree. This is generally a positive stat profile file one that's headed in the right direction and he's a lot closer than what i think a lot of people would perceive him to be um the only other one that i find interesting is is matt kuchar and that's not something mm-hmm. i say a lot he is highly reliant on a short game which i do not like but it is impossible to ignore the finishes that he has put together it's four it's four straight top 25 finishes he got out of the match play in austin or out of his group the match play in austin he finished t3 at the texas open both of those are in his last four starts he's got the top 25 last week to Wells Fargo. And he's got some of the best two year history around TPC Craig ranch. I think it's like a 17th and a 12th. It is a 17th and a 12th. That is right. So, um, I, I think if there's ever a chance to consider Matt Kuchar, it's, it's here, even though he's not generally a type of the guy that fits my, fits my model. Yeah, I was certainly a little troubled with with how he was doing it, like the last few tournaments with, with the short game almost exclusively, other than what we saw at the Valero Texas Open. So, but again, that's a pretty small sample size. I mean, I, you know, Kucher is he, the history here is good. I don't really have a problem with him. It's interesting though because when we go to the 8K range, there's a guy that's 100 below him. I think between those two guys, I, I think I'm leaning towards the 8900 guy as opposed to Matt Kucher. Okay, well, let's get into that $8,000 range and we'll continue until we find more value on this board that just got a big shakeup. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner, from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time. 
just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You You teed us up on Seamus Power. Let's talk about him. So I'm not normally a Seamus Power guy, but but I think the form is starting to come back into play a little bit. And perhaps more importantly, the history here is really good too. And, and I really have been off course history in, in large order uh, this entire year. And it's it's benefited me for the most part. But I like what I'm seeing. The approach game is is kind of kind of coming back here a little bit you know the putter is hit or miss but that's okay look hopefully we catch him on a hit day uh the the off the tee game i'm in around the green game i'm not particularly worried about but you know not a complete disaster there i just think he's a sneaky guy i don't know how much ownership he's going to command at 8900 and i think i'm willing to play him t17 t9 in the two loops around tpc craig ranch for seamus power one of the better uh two-year results that we have out there on tour okay we've got a couple other guys and and you know i i do not find this ak range to be very appealing i'll make a couple of of, of quick notes here uh aaron wise is back in the field he's eighty three hundred dollars uh, as of right now he is teeing it up for this event we have not seen him uh since before the masters we saw him at the match play this was a situation where uh he said he needed a, a mental health break he took some time off he is coming back sia is there any level of confidence in in playing him? Do we reset him back to his 100 round baseline? Do we need to see something before we invest our hard earned dollars? Like, what are we doing with Aaron Wise? Yeah, I think we need to see something. It would be different if he was coming back to a place where we knew he was super comfortable and had like pretty decent history, and then we could kind of make the correlation. Well, oh, he picked he picked this one to come back to because he's just more comfortable. We we just really haven't seen that with him. I mean, the, the price is okay considering the field, but the unknown of it, unless he's just super low owned, then of course I'm willing to play the unknown of it. But I don't know. I, I just think there's guys around him. I mean, listen, Steven Yeager at 8,200, that's another guy I like. He's probably going to be pretty popular. So Aaron Wise might end up being like a pretty good pivot off of a popular Steven Yeager. But I, I just right now, without seeing ownership, I'm just not interested. Another guy though, go ahead, Rick. I, I was just going to say like, I don't like this range. And there's only two guys that I find kind of interesting. And it's based on what I think the two kind of important skill sets are this week, which I think it's approach play and I think it's putting. So that narrows it down to Tom Hoagie and Chris John Bezayden. They at least positive players in both of those categories while you know the rest of the range is filled with guys that can do one of them very well, but are horrible at the other. For example, Mav McNeely. Uh, Taylor Montgomery and Aaron Wise in the last 36 have been great putters. They've been horrible on approach. Or from mm-hmm. the other way, Benny on great on approach, not putting it so well. Steven Yeager, great on approach, not putting it so well. So Bez and uh, 
Tom Hoagie are the only two that are really positive players in, in both of those categories. For me. Yeah. You know, Tom Hoagie, I can't figure out if we're still in the middle of a Tom Hoagie slump here, but classically you're right. He can get hot with the putter and he's certainly usually really, really dialed in on approach. We just haven't seen it a ton lately. Uh, that's okay. In this field, maybe, you know, Tom Hoagie finds himself again, but it's Christian Bezedenhut who I really, really like. I mean, I do like Jaeger, but I think it'll be popular. I wonder if as the week goes, people will start to get very familiar with Sebez and start to play him too. But you're right. I looked at the weighted approach on your site, Rick, and, you know, smaller sample size. I went 24 rounds, but it was very good. He's gained on approach four out of the last five. Great with the putter. Good history here. Like he kind of checks all the boxes. Yeah. And he gets, he gets a big boost because he gains, you know, some of his bigger weeks that he gained strokes were very, very good fields, the players championship, the RBC heritage. So if you gain three and a half and four strokes on approach those weeks, like he did, you're certainly going to get a, a, you know, extra credit when it comes to the weighted stuff. So I, I think the eight K range is generally pretty bad. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a lot of difference between some of these guys in the seven K range, but I do think the sevens are pretty interesting. If you want to jump down there. I do. I do want to also mention because the sevens are likely to be popular, which they always are. But keep in mind that the sentiment generally is going to be that the 8K range is something to skip over, especially with those Scotty Scheffler oriented lineups, because, you know, you can't really flirt too much with the 8K range with an 11.9 guy in your lineup. So just something to consider, like there are definitely some pivots in this range. I think Seamus Power is going to be one of them. I'm not going to play Taylor Montgomery. I mean, I might be willing to play an extremely low-owned Maverick McNeely, maybe. Tom Hoagie likely to be more in the pivot range just because of his price. Minwoo Lee, I think, is interesting. Um, Hadwin, I don't think many people are going to play. He's interesting. So it's just something to consider. I mean, J.J. Spawn's another guy at a flat 8K that I, that I think uh, is worthy of a conversation if the ownership is low. And again, with the builds that we're likely to see, this 8K range is going to be low. 7K range, I have my eye on so many guys, but instead of just naming them all, I'm going to name like four or five. And Rick, maybe um, when you name some 7K guys, you'll call out some of the other guys I was thinking yeah, of. Let's go, let's go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, so let me start then with uh, with Joseph Bramlett. Uh, I mean, uh, the, he's good. Like, he's just a good golfer. Like, he's not. I'm not putting him in the Wyndham Clark category, but to me, he's one of those golfers that six months, eight months, a year from now, I think is going to be in a different sort of sphere of golfers, a different price of golfers. Weighted approach looks good. Weighted tee to green looks good. Uh, great ball striking over the last two tournaments. Um, no stranger really to popping in the ball striking department. So he hasn't always put it all together but I think it's 7,900. Um, he's a pretty good value in this field. He has an elite skill set, the way he drives the ball, and he's starting to form the rest of his game. It is something that... You know, unfortunately, like we never really saw Cam Champ do at any point in his career. He kind of remained just that really great driver of the golf ball. Now he's got multiple wins on the resume. Joseph Bramlett would trade for that. But I do like to see these guys that have a really elite skill set starting to put everything else around it. You know, to go back to the Wyndham Clark stuff, Wyndham Clark was kind of like a one and a half trick pony you know, 18 months ago, and now yeah. he's got a couple of weapons. So I'm um, not quite ready to anoint Joseph Bramlett, but I do like the trajectory. I like that he's building on the best parts of his game without losing them. That is generally a good thing. So yes, Bramlett uh, getting better and better week in and week out, I, I, I think is someone worth watching. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to skip over one or two guys and hoping that maybe you end up naming them. Okay. Sam Stevens is another guy that's at least interesting to me. Uh, weighted approach was really good. He's gained on approach, by the way, four in a row. Very hit or miss with the putter, which for the record, a lot of the 7K guys I like are very hit or miss with the putter, especially in that low 7K range. Uh, we know he has some upside because we've seen the second place at the Valero. So I think he's pretty interesting here at 7,600. Uh, I'll offer up Eric Cole, who um, I, again, you'll you'll hear a similar refrain from me. I like approach play. I like putting. Eric Cole has, uh, you know, I'll round up on these very, very small losses, but he's basically gained strokes on approach every event dating back to Vegas, which was like 12 events ago for him. And then we've seen him be a, a positive putter and the ability to get hot. You know, you gain six strokes putting in Mexico. You finish T5. You gain eight at the Honda Classic. You finish runner up. But I think he's got a good comp, um, uh, a good two complementary skill sets, especially on a golf course like this, that uh, he would certainly be someone to consider. Yeah. Uh, Eric Cole has been has been actually pretty good. Uh, a couple things in the chat I want to point out. It was Zach Jeffers who just wrote in here. Day admitted in an interview the vertigo is back. Oh, there we go. Match play and Augusta seems to be stress driven. So just something to maybe monitor there. I, mean, I don't think he's going to withdraw from the tournament. It doesn't seem like it's that type of issue, but um, you know, so maybe that drives his ownership down. Maybe, you know, that becomes hot news. And then all of a sudden he becomes a really, really good play in that 9K range. But the other one I wanted to point out, this is interesting, going back up to the 7,900 range. For whatever reason, before I looked at the metrics, I thought Davis Riley would be a great course fit. I, I just thought like this, wi- this wide open type of course, easy scoring. I thought Davis Riley might be good. And I see Joshua George in here talking about him. Good history here, bad recent history. Weighted approach is actually okay, even though the just the approach numbers in general just don't exactly speak to me. But I, any thoughts on Davis Riley? I can't imagine he commands too much ownership. No, I don't think so. I, I find um, I, th- this is like a perfect example of why golf handicapping is so hard, right? Withdraw, cut, win, cut. Like, yeah. What a sick, sick world we live in. You know, um, I I thought that, and I still kind of do think that we were getting uh, improvements, right? You know, not these guys, they're they're unable to go out and just flip a switch and be amazing week in and week out. But I thought we were seeing some good trends again in the ball striking categories back, uh, not quite to where we saw last summer from Davis Riley, where he was piling up those top five finishes. But I thought that we were getting back on track and heading in the right direction. So we'll see. I don't love the fact that he's uh, hemorrhaging strokes with the putter, but I, I, yeah. I'm willing to cut him some slack. He's coming off of a, a win, your very first win of your career it's easy to take uh, a sigh of relief and now you've got to figure out how to readjust and get back at it so yeah i'm i'm generally more positive on him moving forward than i have been than i have been as of late yeah and the thing is when you when you're looking at the stats it's just unfortunate that we don't and i know the zerk classic has just it's just a finicky setup but he was really good you know i expected him and nick hardy to really wilt on Sunday in particular, and they were both actually really good. But I think Davis Riley was more carrying that team than it was Nick Hardy. So he might have found something that the stats aren't really telling us because we don't have the actual metrics from the Zurich Classic. So just, again, the, the rest of the stats don't don't really paint the best picture, especially with the putter. But he's the type of guy that almost, almost like, because you brought up Cam Champ, to me, he's almost that type of guy that just like will have four missed cuts and then a second place finish somewhere. And right. I, think, I think with this field, it's more likely than not that this would be the type of tournament where, where that would happen. Three other names I'm going to mention real quick. I want to see if any of them are on, on your radar in the 7K range. Nate Lashley, Ryan Palmer, 
Charlie Hoffman. Any of those strike a chord with you? Uh, they, they weren't the ones that I had uh, labeled, but there was uh, Lashley's been interesting, right? Yeah. You know, I'll pull up his I'll pull up his stat profile here, but I think you'd be pretty surprised to see the gains that he has had on approach and just generally how good he has been. Right. We're not we're not uh, crowning him here, but in a field like this where he's got a couple of decent finishes in a row and the metrics are trending in the right direction. I mean, just look at his last 100 rounds here. Right. I mean, you're, you're starting to see legit, tangible gains where he's beating the field week in and week out. So that, that of those three that you mentioned, this is the one that I, I think uh, most people probably don't realize how well he's been playing. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the perfect profile, which is why I think when we get to the low 7K range in terms of like building lineups, I think a lot of people will end up falling on Nate Lashley. So that's certainly something to monitor, but I don't think his ownership is going to get like out of control or anything because at the end of the day, it's still Nate Lashley. Um, but yeah, this is like the perfect, like uh, the approach play has been pristine and the, the putter has been very good for the most part. So really like that one. You know, I mentioned Hoffman and, Palmer because, well, first of all, do they both have Texas roots? Palmer certainly does, but I don't know if Hoffman does, but regardless. San Diego guy, I think. Okay, fair enough. Um, The the ball striking has been pretty good with these guys, both of them. It's just the putter that has been a real, real big issue. I don't really know what to do with that because I am looking for good putters. But, I mean, you can't deny this ball striking from Hoffman has been pretty great. Uh, yes, that is, that is true. And you, I, I always see like, I'll be watching the leaderboard and I'm like, Oh God, it's Charlie Hoffman guy. Like can't, can't shake him. Right. Like he's always, he's always kind of around or at least early, early in the event. The, the other two that I kind of had earmarked here were, were Dylan Wu, who yeah. we spent a lot of oxygen on. So I don't think I need to spend much time here, but I mean, he is gaining, he gained three and a half strokes on approach to the Wells Fargo Championship in that field. I mean, he is mm. gaining in all the places you want him to be gaining. He's putting well. I, I love the way this sets up for him. And then the other, only other one was also in that mid $7,000 range, um, Michael Kim. So oh, Michael wow. Kim, yeah. So he's got a couple of top tens here in his last handful of starts. He hasn't missed a cut since the Honda. A lot of green here, a lot of good, well-rounded metrics. He played uh, played phenomenal last week, the Wells Fargo Championship. He gained across the board. He did it in all the right ways. So um, those are guys that I think are interesting in the mid-sevens, which as you mentioned, Sia, you know, if you are going to Scotty Scheffler, uh, now you are kind of headed headed to this range naturally yeah and the good news is there's a lot of pivots like so in other words if if we get some and i don't want to make this like an ownership show like play the guys you like like for the most part um but you do want to be conscious of where sort of the the builds are collecting which are going to be in this low 7k range so if your construction is going to be the same, then you you should probably consider some pivots as well. So, I mean, again, if it becomes like Nate Lashley and maybe Michael Kim, or maybe he's probably a bad example, but but there's a few guys that it might collect on. I think guys like even Patton Kazire are in, in the conversation. Um, Robbie Shelton, Vincent Norman, I, I think all of these guys are in the conversation for pivoting purposes. And, and again, that includes Ryan Palmer, who I mentioned before, who for the record was 35th at the Wells Fargo. Uh, one more, Mark Hubbard. Uh, he's gained 11 strokes on approach in his last two starts, Mexico and Wells Fargo, T18, T27. Missed the cut at Zurich. I don't care. It's a team event. And then T11 at the RBC Heritage. Also, I believe he has two top 35s at TPC Craig Ranch. He's got, yeah, T34, T32. So um, pretty good value for a guy amongst peers who either don't have history, don't have good history, who aren't playing well. At least Mark Hubbard can check some of those boxes off. Yeah, I, I I love that stat profile. I'm in on Mark Hubbard for sure. 
the $6,000 range. This is Stewart, or sorry, excuse me. This is Bryce Garnett, Henrik Norlander, James Hahn, et cetera, et cetera, down to a bare minimum Parker Cootie, JJ Killeen, uh, Derek Ernst, Bo Van Pelt. What do we want to do here in this section of the board? This one's tough. I'm going to go right back to Carson Young. I'll tell you that. He barely missed the cut. Uh, you know, I, I had a lineup that that could have won. Um, I think it was the $12 single entry, and it had Xander, and it had Wyndham Clark, but it had a missed cut as well, and that was Carson Young. But honestly, I'm not super disappointed with how he performed last week at the Wells Fargo. Listen, he was, what was he, 6,200 or 6,600? 6,100, that's right. It was 6,100. I, I think you should be, not that you shouldn't be disappointed in this stat profile. You should be encouraged by this. You're right. You're right. He he gained strokes to the field and missed the cut on the number. He did everything exactly the way you'd expect him. His putting mm-hmm. numbers were in line. His around the green numbers were in line. His approach numbers were in line. And he had the worst driving week, which is not a terrible week. He lost a stroke and a half in two rounds since the start of 2023. That that That's the only thing. It was a little bit off. It's unlikely to happen again. The rest of his game was completely in line with expectations. Totally agree. Um, so I'm I'm definitely back on Carson Young. I've been back in the sky. We I probably as a show have been back in the sky for at least three or four tournaments now. So I'm happy to go right back to him. It gets a little dicey the rest of the way. I'm I thought about um Bryce Garnett because of his course history and recent history, but I think I ended up landing on Kevin Chapel more than I did Bryce Garnett. As we pull up his profile, it's just nothing super impressive. But he has good history here, and that that was part of it. Uh, who was the other one? It wasn't Bryce Garnett. Who Kevin Chapel. Kevin Chapel. The approach play with Chapel in particular, um, weighted approach. Uh, I was reasonably impressed with. Yeah, so we would, see it here. This would be Greg Ducharme's pale guy of the week, right? This yeah. Like, okay, he's just slightly positive, kind of everywhere. Yeah, this is actually a pretty decent profile, and only the one miscut dating back to the Honda. Yeah, this is that is better than I would have uh, would have guessed it is. Let me see. I thought I had one more. Carson Young was absolutely on my radar. He's sixty seven hundred this week. I thought I had one more, but maybe I don't. It's a pretty. It's a pretty ugly range. It is. Let me let me look up, and I'm I'm sorry I didn't look this guy up before because he has been on my radar a little bit. This will this name will surprise you, uh, Sean O'Hare. He is what is he is sixty seven hundred. That's that's a little played rich well, for played well at Zurich, right? Um, but you know we're seeing some. I don't know. He's been okay with the putter. He's been okay on approach. But honestly, I w- with this profile, I would have thought he would have been a little less than 6,700, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is a little rich. I mean, I'd rather play... Um, I mean, I'd rather play like Trevor Werbelow or or I don't know. I mean, there's just... How about, how about Roger Sloan? Uh, Dallas resident. I think he's been playing over on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, he was on the PGA Tour a year ago, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, he's been playing on the Corn Ferry. So he's got... He's been okay there. Yeah, he's been okay. He's gained strokes to the field. So his last four, he's made three cuts. T31, T21, T36. Then his most recent start, which was two weeks ago, was a missed cut. But again, he missed the cut on the number. So like when you see when you see somebody who gains less than a stroke to the field but misses the cut, that means he missed the cut on the number because they're taking, you know, 144 guys or whatever down to T65 and ties. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. But uh, that is not bad. How much is he? 6,200. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, anytime you start getting to like bare minimum, you're really not asking much for, you're asking for like a made cut. Right. 
and then and then hopefully you are using that salary cap flexibility to get access to guys that are going to finish inside the top five. Right. It's it's pretty much exactly what we were doing with Carson Young last week, frankly. And and for the record, he made the cut here and finished 34th in 2021. So still that was at TPC Craig Ranch. How about Derek Lamely? That's just the last name I'm going to mention. He's 6100. I don't think I'm going to pull up his stat profile. I don't think he's playing all that much. Is he? Let me look up Derek. I thought unless I'm getting him confused with somebody else, I don't think he played. Well, okay, so he played in Mexico and finished T66. Great ball striking numbers. Lost seven strokes. Oh one. my gosh! Missed the cut at Zurich. I don't care about that. Missed the cut at the Corn Ferry event. T21 in Puerto Rico. So I mean, his last two individual, and then and then he doesn't have a a Corn Ferry or a PGA Tour start since the 3M of last year. So that's last summer. So it's only four, but but his last two individual PGA Tour events have been fine. Can you go round by round with with this Mexico Open for him? Because I seem to recall him being somewhere near, not the top of the leaderboard, but like way high up. I, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was round four that he just collapsed there. Talking about lamely, right? Derek Lamely. Yeah. All right, let's see what we can find from old Derek here. So you probably didn't think I was going to be asking you about Derek Lamely. All right, we can find it. So he was, yeah, so he gained strokes uh, three out of the four rounds. He lost big on Saturday. Right. He was actually, wow, okay. He he actually gained, this is actually, so round one, he gains a stroke and a half from T to green. He gains three and a half in round two. He gains four in round four, but he putted pretty bad all week long and then, punted it from T to green on Saturday. It's not, I love the I love the T to green upside. When you look at the round by round, I mean, it's very easy for me to say like, Oh, just take out the worst round. But if we took out the worst round and the best round, yeah. that's a pretty good stat profile. Yeah. I don't listen. I don't hate it. It's a pretty bad range. 6,100 bucks. I don't know if he's been playing. So I've only, I got, I've got six tours on my site. I don't know if he's playing like, PGA Tour Australasia or something like that, right? But um, I mean, he also played the Zurich Classic, and it didn't look like that went too poorly. I don't remember who his partner was, but well, that's something to be said for that. All right. Well, while I look that up, um, Zurich Classic leaderboard. We'll find out who Derek Lamely's partner. Do you want it to be? Do you want it to be someone bad or someone good? You want it to be someone horrible, right? So I want it to be somebody horrible. Yeah. Sounds like they carry. They he carried them to. Oh boy. Uh, it was Mark Hubbard. Oh, shoot. So Hubbard's pretty good. <laughs> Hubbard's not bad. Not that he's great or anything, but yeah, he's he's a different class of golfer. For sure. They went 64-73. So really, they just struggled an alternate shot. They played all right in best ball. Which probably means Derek Lamely struggled an alternate shot. Probably. All right. Um, all right. I will stop sharing my screen. We will transition to a little fun and games here on the First Cup Pod. We'll do some strokes gain narrative. So this is lineups that are constructed by listeners and fans that can be submitted on Twitter to Sia to at First Cup Pod and with the hashtag SG narrative. And it's usually based on something tournament related, so on something sponsor related, the state, the city that we're in, whatever people can come up with to create a narrative lineup. So, Troy, do we have these? All right. So here is submission number one from Rebecca. She says, uh, Byron Nelson is in Texas. So a tribute playlist, of course, from a classic rock group from Texas, which is obviously ZZ Top. Okay, so here's the thing. 
uh, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you this because the timing of it is, is pretty, pretty bad. I have, four, we have four. So we'll have another screen with two more. The goat is on there. John Markowski Ryan's from the fantasy bunker. His isn't on here because it was kind of tricky. It like tiered on like two different, two different sheets or whatever. Cause he had, it was very creative, but it didn't get up here. The re- part of the reason also is because Rebecca is a new fan to the show. Okay. I don't know if you remember her from last week, but she yeah. said, I'm giving this a try. Um, she watches this show now, which is great. But also it's her birthday today, her 40th birthday. She was in the early edge, Shad, and everybody was wishing her a happy 40th birthday. So I was like, all right, I got to bump Fantasy Bunker today, even though he's always great because it was like kind of on two different sort of tweets. And I'm going to put the birthday girl in here. So even though I don't even really know these easy top songs, Rick, I figured let's give Rebecca a back to back uh appearance here all right happy birthday rebecca well here's what she's come up with so i'm imagining there's a lot more uh, cultured uh, zz top fans out there who will understand this better than i will but she's got sharp dressed redmond scott me under pressure that's obviously adam gim lee all you're loving kh just got dade cheap sung glasses that's sung kim and then Oh boy, is this Jesus Jew Scheffler Chicago? What what? Chicago? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that one. I hang my head in shame for not knowing Rebecca, but thank you and happy birthday. At T2 Greens, Oracle says Craig in parentheses, Greg Ranch and A T and T Byron Nelson. Oh. Craig T. Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, which is uh, sitcom coach star Craig T. Nelson in honor of Sia's bracket. So these are looking like they are television shows. Sitcom specifically. So I did a, a best sitcom bracket with uh, with Pat Mayo. We did a bunch of podcasts. We like released a bracket. So this is sort of a play on that. Craig T. Nelson, the show coach, was actually one of the shows in that best sitcom bracket. So he's taken that and he's throwing out some sitcoms. Okay, so here we go. Fresh Prince of Bell, Eric Cole. Bang. Love it. Brandon, woos the boss. Great. Marty, Dow, I met your mother. Perfect. KH, fam, family guy. Perfect. Carl, mad about you on. And Charlie, two and a Hoffman. That's Oracle's best ever. A lot of his are like kind of confusing. This yeah. is his best ever. That's That was pretty top notch. Well done. Next page. The model maniac goes to uh, AT&T Byron Nelson, his cell phone. Okay. So here we go. Eric cold call. Hideki. (laughs) What's your number? (laughs) Adam. Adam long distance call. Grayson. No signal. Dylan. Woo's calling. And Aaron. Rye phone 14. That's strong. Pretty good. Pretty good. John Markowski uh, says Byron Nelson was born in 1912. That is, I actually saw that today. Byron Nelson lived, he died in like 2006 or something. I think he died 96 years, something outrageous. Other notable 1912 events. Well, of course, John, why not? (laughs) Stewart sinking of the Titanic. Hmm. Dylan Woodrow Wilson elected president. New Mexico Gribble became the 47th state. Fenway Parker Cootie opened. KH Lee Electric Blanket 
invented and William McGurl Scouts were funded. Do you think it's crazy that the electric blanket's been around for over 100 years? I'm trying to think of what's the like the craziest one of this. I really had no concept of when the Titanic sank. So this is like kind of like, I mean, I understand it was a long time ago, but that's news to me that it was 1912. Um, Girl Scouts. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's crazy. Yeah, that I mean, 1912. Yeah, that, yeah, that does sound crazy to me. You, you, what you're saying is you think it would have been like in the 30s or the 40s or the 50s or something or like in the 80s. Right. Like, yeah. I, like, like it feels the only my only reference for like a heated blanket is like something you'd buy on QVC. Mm-hmm. And like you'd, you, you know, you'd have it at home and like you'd plug it in and it'd be like Christmas time. Like, I, I don't like the idea that that's been around for a hundred years. Like, how did they sell it? Like, I, I, I only imagine it being sold on QVC. So whenever QVC <laughs> is when I think the electric blanket was founded. Uh, so uh, a funny thing about my childhood real quick, uh, I used to have like sleepovers with my friend Austin Kramer, who was uh, still my best friend since since first grade or one of my best friends since first grade. Long story short, when it got really late at night and we were still up because we were all hopped up on candy that we got from 7-Eleven, we would watch QVC and just sort of like laugh at it. Be like the, the but wait, there's more part like that whole the, all the antics of that, like trying to like grab the listener. We would literally watch it for like an hour or two every night I was over there. It was, it's so entertaining. You got to watch even now. It's just it's it's high comedy. It's great. Yeah, that's that is literally all I think about when I think of electric blankets. So that is shocking to me. Uh, Fenway Park. I knew Fenway Park and the Titanic were the same year. Uh, New Mexico becoming a, a state, the 47th state. So think about that. I think that's the other thing is what Hawaii is the 50th state. And that was like relatively recent, all things considered. Yeah. Like, and somebody had tweeted a comment to this one that. Uh, Arizona was the 48th state, and that was like a month later for whatever that's worth. Hawaii didn't become a state until 1959. Hmm. Right? So wait, my like like my dad was born and there were only 49 states. He's not that old. <laughs> Still plays golf like six days a week. Uh, all right. I guess we're done here. Anything oh, else? Rebecca's in, Rebecca's in the chat. Everybody say uh, happy birthday to Rebecca in the chat. Just, I'm just seeing this. She clarified it was uh, Jesus Just Left Chicago is the name of that song. Ah, all right. Sorry, Rebecca. Let's stick with uh, we're good. Uh, we're good on TV shows. Maybe some movies. Songs is where this thing starts going off the rails. <laughs> okay. Uh, We'll be back on Tuesday for a mega preview pod for this week's Byron Nelson round by round recaps. And then obviously we will roll right into the PGA championship. Uh, big thanks, producer Troy, doing all the hard, hard, hard work behind the scenes. Sienna Jad available on Twitter at Sienna Jad. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.